Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today's episode is all about the pursuit of passion and creative expression in midlife. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. I'm just back from a vacation, feeling relaxed, so excited for you to meet this guest. Her name is Faggy Cobre. Faggy is someone who has added tremendous joy and color into her life with art. Her path forward is an interesting one. You know how I always talk about how you can feel stuck and on the right path forward, (laughs) but you don't think you're on the right path. You just don't see it as clearly as you want to, and it's super frustrating. But I really believe that you are on the right path. Faggy totally shifted gears in her 50s. And that's exactly the kind of story we love here on The Women in the Middle. (laughs) She started out professionally spending 25 years as a high-end portrait photographer and eventually got burnt out. Faggy also always loved education, and that's where the clues to her passion originated. Her passion for art or artistic expression through photography and education. And then in her 50s, she took up art and actually became an elementary school art teacher. Immersing herself this way led her to discover mixed media art and finally alcohol inks. Now, if you don't know what that is, we're going to tell you all about it. She was in love when she discovered alcohol inks. As a result of some mentorship, she started teaching women offline and online classes in alcohol inks. And she realized that it's a medium that makes everyone feel like an artist, something that means so much to her. You're going to love hearing Faggy's enthusiasm for helping other women express their creativity, especially when they can't draw and don't think they're capable of feeling like an artist. She knows firsthand how vital art is for women, how it gives purpose, color, excitement to women's lives, especially in midlife. I love her story and how she figured out her passion and how it continued to change and develop over the years. She's right. It's never too late to get involved in art. So please enjoy this interview. Hi, Faggy. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Oh, thank you, Susie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, me too. I am really looking forward to talking to you today because I basically love everything you're doing, (laughs) especially that you know how important it is for women to feel more confident about expressing themselves creatively. You've also made changes in your career, and we love that around here. So let's get started. First, tell me what was going on in your 40s when you were looking to make a change. Like, tell me about your career, your family, what was going on for you? Okay, so um, I trained as a uh, an educator. I went to a school in New York called, in my graduate school called Bank Street College of Education, like a really very good school for like very progressive um, in terms of their education. And I was teaching preschool and early child education. And then at one point I became a preschool director. But at the same time, I was also a photographer. 
I was um, I was a high end portrait photographer that I so I was doing it at the same time. And then what happened was I got married and I started having kids and I it was too hard for me to go work. So I just became a I started doing photographer at photography out of my home. OK, hang and, on a second. Hang okay. on. Already. There's so many questions I have. <laughs> so in your 40s, um, when you. Was the the internet wasn't around then, right? Uh, when was my forties? That was in the nineties. Because no. I, right, it wasn't no. really around, right? So, oh. so even as a high end portrait photographer, first of all, I want to know how you got into that, and then marketing a business back then without the internet is a whole different ball game. Yes, yes. So how I got into that? So, um, I always loved photography, and um. It was just, it was a, I remember in, in high school, I bought a camera. I went to a friend of my dad's who was, um, he was a photographer. I went to ask him if I should buy a, you know, this kid that lived upstairs from me was selling his camera and I wanted to know if I should buy it. And he said, no, I have something much better for you. And he shows me he has this camera. It was like $125 and that was a fortune. <laughs> I said to my parents, I'm going to need them to um, loan the money to me, but I'll make it back. I will make it back for them. And they they thought it was such a big step, but they did. And I started taking pictures of all my friends and was charging a dollar, a dollar <laughs> a picture. And in no time at all, I, I made it back. And I just developed this real passion for photography. And I ended up, I had a dark room in my basement. I was developing my own black and white film and stuff. And um, I, it just it was something that I love loved to do. And then in, in the neighborhood that I grew up, there was this really, um, really great photographer. He was doing really cool, interesting things. And he had a storefront on a main street. And then I, I got married and um, my mom went to him. He was selling frames also. So she went to have something framed. And she said, you know, my daughter is really talented with photography. Could she come talk to you? And he said, sure. And I went to talk to him and he basically told me if I would be doing this again, this is who I would go study by. It was oh. this old guy. His name was Joseph Zultzner. He was this master photographer. And I was I was teaching at the time. I remember taking off for three days and I had I had one kid, my father-in-law who was alive at the time he babysat and I went to this guy's studio for three days and got like a bottom line um basic information and then i took some money we had saved and i bought my equipment and then i started advertising in a in a local in my communities like one of these local freebies that went into all the stores and then i was in business and the way i did it was I'm trying to remember even how did i ah uh, oh i used to you know how, what i used to do as I got more and more into it, I used to go, I went all over the country. I dragged babies with me <laughs> to, to, um, to workshops. Because in this kind of photography that I was doing, you learn by the masters. So you would find 
like a, a really good photographer that was teaching somewhere and they would have these workshops and I would go, it was either like a seminar for a couple of days in a hotel. And I, I remember one time when I had one of my, my, my oldest daughter was in eighth grade and I had a baby. I took her out of school <laughs> for three days and she babysat this baby while I went to classes. I did all kinds of crazy things. That's great. And one of the, one of the things, the way we used to market was we, I used to make these postcards, beautiful postcards, and buy mailing lists. And that's what we used to do. We used to send out our work in in mailing, um, you know, through these mailing lists. Uh, That was one way. Another thing is we would go to shows. Like I remember going to a home show in Long Island, which is not far from me. Um, I, I would run some ads um also so it was very very different from the internet and and the interesting interesting thing was it was all film um there was no digital and then when it it started you know digital kind of came in i wasn't so comfortable with it and i was getting a little bit burned out what i did was i had these deals something else i learned i had gone to laguna beach california and i learned this whole marketing um, way of doing things. I, I had these um, collaborations with these high end car dealerships, Mercedes, Alexis, <laughs> Volvo, remember, they gave me their customer lists. And I sent them I made these gorgeous gift certificates. And I sent it out to them, but this was a big way of marketing. I forgot about that. The more it's been so long ago. And and this was a big way of marketing. What happened was they would come to me and they would get this for free. But the hope was that they would order up. And a lot of people did order up. I learned, I learned how to do it in a very, you know, sophisticated way. And I had people like really spending like thousands of dollars sometimes, but what happened was it became to in order for this to work, you need to be it's a numbers game. You mm. have to be doing an enormous amount of clients because most of the people don't order up. They take the freebie and they go. I mean, there weren't enough people, but it was a numbers game. And I started getting a little burnt out. And um I was just feeling I had been doing it for 25 years and and also digital. I was, I, it was, I bought a digital nice. camera and I started, but I really wasn't so comfortable with it. And, you know, my mom to this day will say things like, why do you leave photography? Why don't you go back to photography? It was like, I just like, people didn't understand it because I was, I was good at it. Um, but I did like, I developed, it was like this old master style. Like nowadays, everybody's into the lifestyles and they're, you know, very um, editorial type of things. And it was just like, I, I I started in my twenties, really, but once I got into it was it was in it was in my forties. But I just started feeling burnt out. It was just uh. twenty five years. I couldn't. I had so much passion for it in the beginning, and I was so into it. I just couldn't give it the same thing. And I, you know, and then I had stopped for a number of years. I had been a preschool director, and then. After a while, I got it offered another job. I did that for a little bit. And I'll tell you how I ended up getting into this whole thing. Really, I had these, um, my daughters were like in their late teens. And I, I saw an ad on in, online. This was the beginning kind of of internet. And um, 
I don't know. Yeah, it was probably about in the 2006, 2007 area. It was it not so beginning, but beginning for me. And I saw an ad for a um, for an internet marketing course, and I said, you know. I bet my girls would love to do this. And I bought it. It was $300. It came all wrapped up in shrink wrap. But guess what? They were not interested. I didn't ask them if they wanted it. I kept telling them <laughs> I have this course. So I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And I, I opened it and I started going through it. And I got really interested in internet marketing. Wow. Now they say, they say when you, when you start a business, when you do, it's like with writing, right? Write what you know. So they, I was had to create a product. So I had been an educator. It was education. It was photography, but I felt more confident in the educational area. So I started doing stuff with my education and art. As a preschool teacher and director, I always loved the art. The school I went to was very progressive, didn't believe in like crafty type of things. It was more of like, real art and thinking skills and creativity. Um, so I started a website. Okay, this is great. <laughs> I can see exactly what's going on here. So first of all, I love that, of course, you weren't printing yourself first. Of course, you saw some cool opportunity and you thought, oh, my kids, I'll do this for my kids. And then you cracked into it. And it's so interesting. I'm sure you didn't put it together then. But it was just that kind of thinking that would have helped take the photography into this um, this new online world. But what you did, I think, is even better. And this comes up all the time with midlife women is that we don't fully appreciate our transferable skills and how things can creatively be put together. So you were thinking education and creativity and you made that work together. Right. Right. Amazing. Um, you know, I'm a little ADD, ADHD. So I, <laughs> I can't be bored. Like, I have a friend that I was speaking to recently. She said, I, I just can't believe how you're always reinventing yourself. Ah, exactly. <laughs> always, you know, because I have what my mother used to say when I was a kid that I had ants in my pants. We didn't know what <laughs> we never knew the term ADD. But I remember being told that I have ants in my pants. Well, I love this because like you really like you thought about it. You have amazing photography skills, clearly, if you got as far as you did. But before we go into that next phase, can you talk a little bit what about what burnout felt like to you? I remember when I started to feel that, too. I was 27 years into my career and I just all of a sudden I'd always been content. And then one day I was just sitting there in my office. I was in um, book publishing, educational um health type publishing. Uh And I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm not content anymore. Content was the word for me Uh that really described it. What was it with you? I think it was the lack of interest in taking it further. Mm. It was almost like a deadening. It was like a deadening because I remember when I first started in the education and in the photography, there was such an excitement to learning new things and to getting into it. And I couldn't pull up that excitement. I just right. couldn't pull up the interest and the excitement. And I just couldn't take it any further. And I, I just, it like slowly, like lo- I lost steam for it. It's funny because I was not a good student because I, you know, ADD was pretty classic. And I have a real concentration problem. 
However, my kids were never able to get over how I would sit and watch these boring internet marketing videos for hours, <laughs> for hours, because it was fascinating to me as soon as I see what things that I'm interested in really pull me. And it just it just was it just was not. Oh, my gosh. So what you just said is another thing that is such a great tip. Uh, so many people don't know what is fascinating to them. They really struggle with what, you know, I hear this all the time. What am I passionate with? I don't even know anymore because, you know, the kid thing and and the busy life that's going on for 20 years where we're just not putting ourselves first, kids or not, it could be career, but whatever, we're just disconnected. And so asking yourself that question, what is fascinating to me? What kind, I always say, what kind of documentaries are you watching? What kind of books are you always gravitating toward? What are you picking up if you're in a grocery store and you see something on a magazine cover? What is it? If you popped on a job board and scrolled around, what would you click on? Right. You know, to just try to test the waters. And my favorite question for that is, if you won the lottery, quick, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And so for me, like a lot of times it's turtle tagging in Costa Rica. Well, why is that? What is it about turtle tagging in Costa Rica that that just lights me up? Like, what is it? So you were uh-huh. catching on for some bizarre reason. Internet marketing for you was intriguing. Very intriguing. But you know, it's just also, I always loved art. I never had opportunities as a kid. My, my mom would always say, oh, you're such an artist, right? I had fairly decent copying skills, but I always thought, that artists only drew from their imagination. Uh. And I read a book. It was called Drawing for Children. It's it's called The Monart Mes- Method. It's by a woman named Mona Brooks. And she talks about a bunch of different myths. And one of the myths, she says, is all artists copy. There's no such thing as they just draw from their imagination. You know that I recently read an article that some of the old masters used one of these machines to project the image of their subject onto their canvas. They would outline it, and then they would use all their shading and painting. They cheated. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you really really hit on something because I've heard it time and time again. and, And as I mentioned, I've interviewed a fair number of women who always wanted to be an artist, but they had it in their head or somebody told them that they couldn't make a living or they weren't talented enough. They didn't have what it took to be a real artist. And I'm doing air quotes right Right. now. And so, so many of us squish down a passion, squish down something that we're really interested in. I, I had that same thought. I went to a high school that actually had like a planetarium and a Olympic sized pool and it had an, a massive art wing with all kinds of supplies. And I had a thought that I couldn't make a living, that I should be doing something more academic Uh than that. And ever since then, I don't regret the direction I took, but I regret that I didn't also take art classes or do something to immerse myself. It's not too late. It's not too late. Exactly. You know, one of the things I remember, I remember walking into art supply stores and literally salivating. (laughs) Salivating, but feeling like I don't know what to do with any of this. 
So that was like a, it was a very, um, it was a very stifling feeling, but yes. it was like, and, and people that love art know that feeling because aside from, you know, let's say people say alcohol inks is addictive people, you know, what really is a real um, addiction buying craft supplies. Yeah, yes. that is, it is real. <laughs> people it's like, there's jokes. There's all these memes all over online, you know, about you know, my husband says, um, you know, it's, it's, why are you using the, you know, your, your craft room is taking up the house and she, you know, I don't remember exactly, but I have a whole list of these very funny craft memes, but it's, you know, so then when I got into actually how I got into, into, into alcohol links, what happened was I going back to what I said, this, um, I say started a website. So I started a website for children, for parents, kids are the parents and teachers. And, um, I, that's how I actually got about this. I actually, <laughs> I actually, be, I have a friend that was starting, she was becoming a principal of a new school here about 10 years ago. And I was speaking to her on the phone one night and I had just opened this website and I needed content for my website. And I said to my friend, you know what? I think I'm going to be your art teacher next year. She said, great, because we had gone to Bank Street together. Uh. So we had the same philosophy. So she knew that I was going to do what she wanted. So I became an art teacher. I, I still do it two days a week. I'm going into my 10th year. Amazing. So I became an art teacher. And so I was filling up my uh, website with that. Then I took a course with this fellow. There's a fellow that's very well known in the internet marketing community. His name is John Morrow. This is a guy that's paralyzed from the neck down. He has some kind of disease. He's such an inspiration. He has a huge, huge business. I remember him talking about, he was telling his story and he was saying how he bought his father a car. He said, can you imagine someone who can't move from the neck down being able to buy his dad a car? It was, it's, it's really very inspiring. He teaches, he does writing. He does teaches a lot of writing. Anyways, I took his course on how to market my website. And there was a lovely woman that was mentoring me. Her name was Marsha Stopa, actually. And at one point she said to me, because I, I was talking very much about how the reason a lot of people, a lot of women especially, don't feel creative or artistic is because it was squashed yes. in childhood. So there's different ways it was squashed. Very often it's through a teacher who said, you can't do anything. But a lot of it also is like, these crafts that kids do when they're very young, like this is what we're making and everybody has to make the same thing. That makes them think like, I, I'm not good. I, you, you don't trust me. You can't let me develop and create at my own level. And that's usually stops people in their tracks and they decide I'm not creative. I'm not artistic. So she said, what if you start a website for adults and then you can, teach people about why they're so blocked and then they'll go back to your kids website i started doing research on creativity and i kept coming across this term mixed media mixed media mixed media mixed media and i what is mixed media so i started taking books out of the library and i was like hooked your head exploded right yes i started doing <laughs> uh, i started buying supplies i started i'd started a class like for some kids in my neighborhood i started a class for a uh, for adults and I was looking through my library's website one day. I was always looking for books there because I was able to get books here. And all of a sudden I came across a book that said, pigments of your imagination. 
about alcohol links. And I went, wow. what is that? <laughs> and I ordered the book and it came and I, I, I was in love and I bought the book. It's just an amazing medium. Um, and it's, it just, it has so many things and, and what, and really what I use, I use it is there's so many people that are like me in that they love art and they love supplies and they just feel like they're not artistic. So I really market myself for women who love art, but can't draw. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I have to tell you, Faggy, the funniest thing was that right when you're your note to me, your email to me about being on the podcast came in. I was literally looking up alcohol inks. It had been on my mind for about two months now. And uh-huh. I got so overwhelmed because I, do, I don't know what to buy. It's exactly what you're uh-huh. saying. I'd been to a store. I'd been online. And I just don't know where to start. But like you, it captured my imagination I even had somebody this year that I met online in another coaching group send me a beautiful alcohol ink piece on a tile that um, was stunning. And I thought, what is this? I think I would fall in love with it. Like you, my eyes lit up with mixed media. I know a little bit about encaustic. I know a little bit about paint. I know a little bit about beaded wire but I don't know anything about alcohol inks and the colors and the yes. movement. Again, my eyes also lit up. And then there you were sending an email to me and I went, oh, who wow. is she? <laughs> there is something about alcohol inks. People fall in love with it. It's just, if you, if you keep to the right color scheme. So I give, so I have a different, you know, like I, I start off with, I have the, um, I have this free video um, on my site. It just like it starts people with um, uh, markers. So like if some pe- people don't know if they want to do it, like say Sharpies are alcoholing, alcoholing markers. And if you ah. use some alcohol with it, you can't do everything the same, but it's a great way to stay. So it's to start. So I have this video that I offer for free and, you know, in exchange for an email address. Um, of course, I'll then, put the of course, I'll put the link in the show notes. So don't okay, you worry. Okay, great. So that's like a great way to start. If you've never used it. Um, I've even gone back to, to doing with it because there's, you know, there's different things you can do. There's so many things that you can do with it. Um, so I have I have that. And then um, and then I have um, I happen to have a bunch of different courses, but that's not necessarily for everybody. And then I and then I have like a basic like a basic course that shows you, um, you know, just how to use it and what are the things you use it with and just a lot of different ways that you can use it. So I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. That? It's okay. So what was I answering? I'm sorry. What, it's what okay. So for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, there's this thing called alcohol inks. So tell us just a little bit about what it looks like, because that's the one thing on podcast, okay. we can't see it. Right. So when okay. you were looking at alcohol inks, what were you seeing that mesmerized you? The colors, the vibrant colors and the fluidity. Uh-huh. And the fact that you can do all kinds of abstract things that look beautiful without having to create something realistic. Ah, okay. That's a great idea. Because again, one of the reasons that people struggle so much with pursuing art and expressing themselves that way is because they think they suck. 
and they think they aren't good enough and they're embarrassed. And so by working in some form of abstract, it really just gets rid of all that. Right. And you make these, I happen to have, not you can't see on a podcast, but. Awesome. So what you can't see is Peggy is holding up an album full Mm. of unbelievably bright, brightly colored images that are very, like she said, very fluid. And so I, I've seen on your video that you can actually just start by making drops. You're just dropping little drips of this alcohol ink from something that's easy to use. You just squeeze a little, a little bottle and just start exactly. dripping. So tell exactly. us a little bit about the drips and what you do okay. with the drips. So alcohol inks are little bottles. They, they, they're very concentrated. They're in a, an alcohol dye based dye. So you know the way water is to watercolors? Alcohol is to alcohol inks. So if you want to clean up, you use alcohol. You always have to use 91% because anything less than that is diluted with water and it doesn't work that well. Um, And if you want to get more effects with the alcohol ink, you use that as well instead of the water, like with the watercolor paints. Um, So you really, you need to use non-porous backgrounds. Now, if people have noticed, if you've ever used Sharpies, Sharpies can write on a lot of backgrounds that other things can't, right? Plastic, a regular washable marker doesn't work on plastic, but Sharpies do because they're alcohol ink markers. So you use, there are people that use tiles. Like if you want to just try, you can take a tile and just drip it on a tile. What I tend to use is something that I started with. It's a plasticized paper. It's called UFO paper. Hmm. However, because I was... I've been been on all these groups for so long. People are always saying other things that they use. I end up, I use mostly now the backside of Kirkland photo paper from Costco. Now you can't buy it in Costco itself. You have to buy it in Costco.com. But you use the matte side, not the shiny side. There are other photo papers that work. I've heard people say some work better than others. So I only use the Kirkland, the back of the photo paper. So Really, that's how you start. You start if if you start with um, markers, as you see in my in in my video. Um, you you can pour alcohol on it, and it moves around, and it it has these fluid. Um, it, it turns liquidy, so it becomes more fluid. But once you get into using real alcohol inks, um, you drip and you watch it, and I never get bored of watching how it spreads, and then you drip oh. another color on top. And then you take a little dropper of alcohol and you put a little alcohol. And if you stick to good color schemes, like, you know, like, I'm not going to give like a whole color wheel theory here, but basically colors that are next to each other on the color wheel work best or colors like that are in the same color family, like reds, pinks, you know, like different shades of blue, different shades of greens. Like, and then you never have anything that looks not pretty. Like I see when I give classes, when I do classes, in-person classes, when people just start throwing colors down and it, everything gets muddy, it's because it's you're not thinking. That's all. And then you just yeah. and then you add gold. They have these gorgeous gold and you that has to be, you know, you have to shake it up. And then it's just and people have people have um really reported like I have a woman that took she took my online classes. She took my um, in-person classes she went through a medical uh saga with one of her kids 
she said the working with the alcohol inks literally saved her she would just oh. go down there it allows you to go into the flow and just work create i actually was doing some interviews of my reader my you know my market base and i spoke to a woman that had had some real tragedy in her life and she was talking about how she lost a child and a grandchild and she was obsessed with alcoholing she was just a whole night she'd be up there working and she did it on mugs and ceramics and mm. you a lot a lot of different things you can do with it I can, re- I can really see it. I can really see it because one of the things I'm a certified Zentangle teacher. Zentangle is the, are you too? Oh my gosh. We have so no, much. No, I'm not, but I want to show you one of the things, one of the things that I have done in one second. Give me one minute. One second. Are you mixing the Zentangle method with your alcohol inks? Oh, now my head's going to explode. That is <laughs> one, one second. Yes, I, I mix them with a lot of different things. Just let me look for what I have See, here. That's, I'm just so excited. So the Zentangle method okay. is a way of using simple strokes with a pen. Sim- oh, that's beautiful. Um, with repeated oh. patterns. And so it's this repeated structure patterns. And then um, what Faggy just showed me is it's on top of the alcohol ink. So we'll put links to all this in the show notes, of course. But I love um, Zentangles. That oh, you, do, you do, yeah, that's yeah. Great. So it's oh, something yeah. that I teach in my coaching community because because not only I just I love creativity and I think it's so important for women just like you do, but also because it's one of the most effective things I found to teach how to be in the present moment because you you have to be in the present moment to to draw a little line parallel to another little line you have to be in the present moment to move the ink around like you're like you're speaking and it just draws you in and it slows you down because women our age have a lot of trouble slowing down even if you don't have ADD or ADHD or whatever so Right. Anyway, I love that you you said when you wrote to me that you used a word that really jumped out at me. And it's you saw firsthand how vital art is for women. Vital. And yeah. I would have to agree with you. Um, and you see firsthand what it does for women and mental health and how it gives purpose and color and excitement to women's lives, especially older women who seem to have a little more time now, or at least more flexibility that the kids are older and that now even with careers, there are opportunities for many people to work from home, which also saves on the commute time and gives you a little bit more time. It's just so good. So I know that you believe strongly that it's never too late to get involved in art. And I love that. And I feel so strongly. Tell us um, a little bit about how you feel about how we get so hung up on perfection and how that can get in the way. Well, it gets in the way because you feel like if yours is not going to look like something very realistic, it must be that you're not an artist. That means you're not. I mean, I still, I still have a hard time calling myself an artist. See, we're air quoting all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's really wild because, um, I, a lot of things, I, you know, I'm not going to, it doesn't matter. I have things I put together. I know that I can sell some things, but it's such a craziness in our society that unless you know how to draw realistically, you are not an artist going to MoMA, right? 
Susie was just telling me she had something in MoMA and you go into MoMA, nobody's going to say, you know, they have these big pieces with, you know, black and gray. And oh, it's so they funny. <laughs> Even though I just, I just told Peggy the story about how something I made with my own hands ended up in the Museum of Modern Art. If you look up my name, Susie Rosenstein, and MoMA, you'll see I'm listed as a MoMA artist. It makes me laugh every time I see that because like you, I don't consider myself, I'm certainly not a master, but I don't consider myself an artist. But if you create, you're an artist, right? Right. So can you just sum it up? Give us one piece of advice to a woman in the middle who thinks she's not an artist, but has an inclination to create. I have seen, I saw when I bought that book, Pigments of Your Imagination, I was reading reviews and I use this line all the time because somebody wrote, alcohol inks makes me feel like an artist because you will use the alcohol inks. Your pieces will be so beautiful without having to make a person or a vase or a landscape and you will, it will, and I see it. I see just the other day I was giving a class not far from my neighborhood and this woman was working with alcohol inks and stencils. And she said, wow, I really didn't, I'm not an artist. I can't believe that I can do something like that. Oh, and it makes me so really, happy. This really, especially for us midlifers, this is really something that will add such joy and color. It really just, it gives depth to your life. Oh, I love that. I love it. Okay, so I want, Faggy, please tell us what is the web address for people to grab that, uh, those free videos. Creativityreignited.com. The creativityreignited.com. Awesome. So if, um, again, I will have this in the show notes, but if you want to have this kind of color in your life and take a baby step and do something creative, and feel like an artist, this is a great way to start. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was so much fun to have you. My pleasure. It was fun. And thank you so much for having me. Okay, that's it for this episode. It just makes you want to go out and try alcohol inks, right? <laughs> so good. As you know, my focus is your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear and excited about your life again. If you want to finally focus on getting unstuck, like step on the gas already, there is no better mechanism, no better way when you know there's more out there for you and that you're wasting valuable time than to move forward with the community of women just like you. And I would love to be able to help you get unstuck and move forward already. Seriously, I want to invite you to check out the Women in the Middle Academy. It's a six-month coaching program where you get all the support you need to get unstuck and get clear about what you want in your next chapter so you don't have regrets. Listening to this podcast is just the beginning. Applying these concepts to your life is quite another. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Book your momentum call and we'll have a quick chat. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 266. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. 